0: Creativity with Mark Stinson. Hello again, everyone. This is Mark Stinson, and you've come to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We've got a great guest today who's going to talk about their approach to creativity, not only in the financial realm of how you can do better with your investing, but also how you can do better in achieving and realizing your dreams. I'm so glad to have as my guest, Jerome Myers from Greensboro, North Carolina. Jerome, welcome to the program.
1: Mark, I'm so glad to be with you. I don't know what to do, but thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, by way of introduction, Jerome is, and by no stretch of the imagination, the preeminent authority on dream realization. And realizing dreams is what it's all about, right, Jerome?
1: Without question. And if you don't have a dream,
0: I'm not sure why you're here. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Maybe you've come to the, right po- uh, the wrong podcast, or maybe you've come to the right <laughs> podcast to find your dreams. Jerome is the founder of a, a great group called the Myers Development Group that is really working in the area of multifamily uh, real estate investment, you know, consulting with all sorts of individuals and companies and even governmental entities to really elevate some of these developments. Uh, Jerome, if you would just back us up a little bit and describe yeah. what multifamily investing is, and of course, what your creative approach to it is.
1: Yeah. So, multifamily housing is properties that have more than one home on a single address. So, let's say you live at a place and there's a letter on your door A, B, C, D, E, F, D, or apartment one, two, three, four, five, six, and then there's a street address that would Signal that the property is multifamily. Usually there's just multiple dwelling units on a single parcel. And our creative approach, I don't know if it's super creative or not, Mark. I, I think what's happened in the industry is everybody's become extremely excited about multifamily syndication. And that's when people put their money together. And usually there's one or two people who are in the lead of that. And they go and buy a large apartment building or a multifamily dwelling. And then they operate it and they send people checks in the mail and people get really excited about that. We aren't doing it that way. We partner, we form partnerships with folks and then we buy the property and everybody has an active role. And that approach is called joint venturing versus syndication because everybody actually has an
0: active role on executing that business plan. And does that make the person more, not just financially invested, but sort of now personally invested in the project?
1: Yeah. And so the first approach, if you're the actual one or two people that are leading the deal, you know, you're the business operators, right? Those folks are, if you think about Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, he's got an employee, self-employed business owner, and investor. The two people that are leading it, three people, whatever it is, they are the business owners. They're the operators. The people who are just putting their money in, just investing their equity, they are what we would call investors, they're passive investors in this case. With a syndication, the passive investors aren't going along for the ride. They're just, they're not a part of the deal at all. And so everybody's a business operator. And I think that's where people are able to grow their wealth the fastest these days. You know, people are rushing to the I quadrant, but they aren't wealthy. And so when you aren't wealthy and you aren't investing in your own endeavor, then the person who is actually operating that business takes a fee off of that, mm-hmm. instead of you being able to maximize the benefit of that money that's being invested by putting your time into the operation of it. And so we just believe that if people want to grow wealth, then the fastest way to do that is to grow a business and run a
0: business. Mm-hmm. And how did you get into this? <laughs> so this
1: one was fun. Uh, I was sitting on the stoop with my buddy, Duran, in college. It was sophomore year. And we were doing what engineer students do in their free time, right? We were doing math. I was counting it up. I just paid my rent. It was three ninety-five. Had two roommates who were doing the same thing. And he was downstairs in an apartment and he had two roommates. And so when we multiplied all the numbers out for that month, we figured that the guy that owned the complex would make $700,000 a year. We never saw this guy. We never talked to him. And it's like, man, he's figured out how to make a massive amount of money without having to be there for it. Now, I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. And so I wasn't really able to talk to people who had multimillion-dollar real estate portfolios and figure out how the thing was done. The guy that we were paying rent to, we didn't know him or talk to him. So we had to put that dream on the shelf because really just didn't have any way of like acquiring the knowledge. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have the right network. We didn't have the right exposure, but we knew that it was a thing. And so after building a $20 million division for a Fortune 550, And laying people off two years in a row, I decided that I wanted to leave corporate America. So I went and I got that dream off the shelf and said, hey, let's see if we can do this thing now. Because, you know, I got a credit score. I got some money in the bank. I built the business. So I got some operating experience, got an MBA and a bunch of other stuff. So let's see if we can make it happen. And sure enough, Mark, I went to the bank and they told me they weren't interested in giving me a million dollars to go buy this building I wanted to buy. You're kidding me. They weren't interested in it? (laughs) Absolutely not. I I couldn't believe it, man. And so I went to the next one. They told me the exact same thing. They said, no. So I started asking some questions. Then I was like, well, why not? They were like, well, uh, you don't have any experience. I said, what do you mean? I got an MBA. I got a professional engineering license. I got credit. I got money. Why don't you want to lend to me? And they said, well, here's the thing, son. You've never executed this business plan with a property of this size. And so you need to go find somebody who's done it before. And that was the point when I realized I wasn't any further along than I was when I was sitting on a stoop with Duran. I hadn't changed my network to hang around folks who were doing things that I wanted to do. And it was shattering to this dream that I had because I thought I was just gonna walk in and do the thing. I had all this success and the bank said not so fast. And so I started fixing and flipping. And I'm sitting on the stoop again at one of my projects. This is $90,000 rehab. And the guy comes in and he's like, man, you you changed the walls and you've got a great countertop and you, your tile selection is phenomenal. Then he stops and he says, hey, you know anything about that building down there? The 23 unit one? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I tried to buy that four or five months ago. And he kind of looked at me and I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to put an offer in on it today. You, you're you going to put an offer in on that <laughs> building? You're the guy I've been looking for, right? I've been looking for you. The bank said I need a partner, somebody with some experience. I assume since you put an offer in, then you got the experience. Like, don't leave me out. And he kind of shook his head. He said, what are you going to bring to the deal? I said, I don't know. We'll figure that out, but don't leave me out. You're the guy I've been looking for. You, you got access. And so he hops back in his white Dodge Ram and, he drives off and he didn't confirm or deny. And sure enough, he wouldn't have made the offer without me, Mark. And so I'm sitting there thinking I just missed my chance and the offer got rejected. And he went and talked to a guy who I used to lend money to. And he said, uh, Hey, I need you to come in and be my general contractor on this deal. And he said, Oh, that's the one Jerome brought to me four or five months ago. Uh, I'm only comfortable doing this if he's in the deal. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, Let's go see if he wants to do it. And, you know, we added a couple of other folks to the team and we got that first deal done. And then what happened was we had a press release because we bought from one of the big brokerage houses. They like to pub things up. Right. And I still remember it. Rising star partners with proven investors to revitalize townhomes in Churchill. Uh, so the newspaper said they were talking about me. I couldn't believe they were talking about me. They were talking about me, Mark.
0: And uh, You're a
1: rising star now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have had it all figured out evidently because guess when that thing hit, guess who was calling me? <laughs> the banks of folks who didn't want to talk to me before. All of a sudden, they want to know what else I had in pipeline. And had I considered refinancing if I wanted to see the products that they had that might apply or help me in my business. And I was just floored. And we were able to create a couple of relationships and we took those down south and we left Virginia, came to North Carolina, started buying our stuff here and really focusing on this market at Greensboro where we sit today.
0: That's a terrific story. And I guess it, it reminds us of that phrase that your net worth, you know, is equal to your network, that if you don't really create those connections, you can have all the ideas and money in the world, right? Oh, without help. question.
1: Without question. I mean, I, I the thing that I've learned the most in probably the last two years is the people that you know are the ones that solve problems for you, right? Being able to pick up the phone and call somebody that can either give you what you need or make another phone call and get you what you need is life changing. And I think the more time you focus on intentionally building relationships with people who are in the place that you want to be or going to the place you want to go the faster that you'll actually arrive at that destination.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting you described the, the banks that you had gone to now calling you back. But I, but I would imagine, too, that you have people that have tried to network with you, that you've been able to now reach back and bring them along or show them a different way. Maybe you could tell us a little about that experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, some of my partners in our deals are people who I went to high school with, right? I mean, that is literally what it was. It was, let me open the door for the people who I know. And then after a couple of deals, a partner of mine, a great friend said, hey, we're using the Myers methods to do this. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, we're just buying apartments. Leave it alone. He's like, no, we've got a process. Look, man, we find, fund, fix, and flip these deals. And we do it over and over again. And it happens every single time the same way. And then we started talking some more. It's like, we need to teach people how to do this and create a community so that they can be in a place that we couldn't be, we being me and Duran, right? Duran and I were sitting there. We didn't know who to call. We didn't have exposure. We didn't know anybody who was doing it. And it was a great wealth building vehicle. But... We didn't have a way, we didn't have a, a door to walk into the room and figure out how it's done. And so we've created a community for people to get the education that they need if they want the education. And we've created a community so that they can hang out with other folks who are on the same path as them and done some podcasts and a bunch of other stuff. But the goal is just to make this accessible to people who are seeking, because mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people who are seeking.
0: hmm. And I, I love that, uh, that it took somebody else looking at your work to say, you know, you have a formula, you know, you know, it's called the Myers method now. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, you know, each one of down, these man. things that you can break down this fine fund, you know, fix and flip. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if the funding is what holds a lot of people back from jumping in this pool.
1: I, I don't. Right. So th- this is, this is a great point you bring up, Mark. And I appreciate you asking the question the way you did. A lot of people think funding holds them back, but that's not truly the answer. And so we figured it out through the school of hard knocks. There's four things every investor is trying to overcome. The first one is knowledge and people are overconfident. It's funny that people wouldn't open a plumbing business without going to plumbing trade school and being an apprentice for a while but they think they can just go buy a piece of real estate and be successful and make it profitable because they watch a video on YouTube or listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny, very funny. But knowledge is the first one, right? Then there's deal flow. And leads and deals are spelled with the same letters, but they aren't the same thing. And so you apply that knowledge against the lease to figure out if you have a deal, right? After deals, you need experience. And this was the thing that I was missing with the bank. If I had some experience, they would have lent to me, but they didn't lend to me because I didn't have any experience. So you need to have access to somebody who's got some experience. And then the last thing that you need to overcome is capital, right? But here's the thing: the bank's going to bring 75 to 80% of the money, right? So they're, but they're only going to bring the money if there's an experienced person investing in the deal. That's the piece that you overcome. And so if we bring it backwards, right? Capital is the last thing you need to worry about. You don't need capital if you don't have anybody with experience because the bank's not going to partner with you and don't worry about it. Right. If you don't have experience, you don't need, you don't need a deal, right? If you don't have a deal, you don't need experience. Yeah. That's why I want to say, if you don't have a deal, you don't need experience because you don't have a deal to apply it against. And so there's nothing to do anything with. And if you don't have a deal, Or if you don't have knowledge, you can't figure out whether or not you got a deal. And this is the thing that people miss. The deal is everything. The deal is what is the value creation mechanism, right? You got to find the thing that people can grow the equity on because that's where people make all their money. And so you got to have the knowledge in order to be able to determine whether or not it's a deal. You can, sure, you can find something on the internet and send it to somebody who has experience, but there's no value creation there the value creation for you is going to find something that nobody else knows about and then bring that and present that opportunity to the person who has experience who's going to be thrilled that they got an opportunity to look at it and then they use their network to help you get the thing done. That's how you break in, that's zero to one. That's zero to one and then from one to 1,000, you can just harness the experience from zero to one and continue to grow.
0: That's so good. And Jerome this podcast is clearly about creativity and I think a lot of people when they hear the word creative you know they think design and writing and painting and so forth but you've been describing a creative process that says you know this this is really got to you got to look at things a little differently here but we also like to talk about that what you've been describing is making the connections to get the work to reality and uh, the making the connections, it sounds like it's such a big part of it.
1: It's huge. It's, it's the difference between being at zero and being at one. And the other thing I'll say, Mark, is that, you know, creativity is tied to art. There's art and science to everything. And there's the art of finding the deal. And there's also the science of making sure that it's actually a deal. I think every investment is a math problem on some levels. But then you've got to do the artistic stuff around it in order to improve the value. People don't like the money piece of it as much as they like it being pretty or appealing to the eye. And so
0: your creativity is the thing that's going to allow you to unlock that value. Mm -hmm. Well, and then after getting the deal, it sounds like making the right connections on the fixing part. You got to have the right designers and contractors to figure out how do you upgrade this property.
1: Yeah, I think when you when you fund the deal and when you're doing the funding part, you put together your full business plan, you should identify your vendors or your potential vendors there. And then the fixing part is executing that business plan, man. And there is absolutely art to that, even if it's just the managing the cash piece of it, right? People are dealing with COVID right now. Some of their collections are down. And so they got to pay taxes. They got to pay insurance. They got to pay all the other bills. There's some art to that. There's some art to communicating and crafting the messages that you give to the resident so that you incentivize them to do the things that they might not normally do without you masterfully communicating in a way that unlocks the, the desire for them to help everybody win instead of them just maybe taking advantage of the system because it's a little easier for them to do so right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I guess then you come to the flipping part. And does every project that you go into, do you think about the end? You know, at the very beginning, you say, yeah, I'm going to, I know I'm going to flip it. My goal is not to buy this property for long term. Does that have to be your mindset going in? So every
1: property has two potential exits, and flipping it is one of these two. You either sell it or you refinance it. And that's the way every deal goes for us, right? And the refi is to pull the initial equity out that you put in. That allows you to take, if you do it right, your returns, your cash on cash return to infinity because you don't have any money in the deal anymore. Um, this is uh, buy, rehab, uh, refinance, repeat before bigger pockets made it the all to do, all knowing thing. You know, we just do that over and over and over again. And the growth and value of the property is what allows you to do that. And so the end is always we want to grow the value of the property. And we're doing that by increasing the income or decreasing the expenses. The best properties allow you to do both. And so we're continually managing that and managing to whatever the forecast was for the deal.
0: Mm hmm. You know, we've been talking a lot about the, the building part of it, like literally the building. But, uh, you know, you mentioned there's people that live in these housing units. I mean, just the word. These are families. And so what is your mindset going into a project, knowing how this improved the quality of life of the families?
1: Yeah. So for us, that is the lead. Most people are going in with the idea of making money. We want our impacts to make an investment. And we feel like if we buy them at the right price, we're able to do both, right? Um, And so we want to go in and make, we we know that people's homes, especially now are the places where they're spending the most time Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that environment that you spend the most time in has a great deal of impact on your health. And so our goal is to make sure that our residents have safe, suitable places to live. And, you know, we can't control everything that happens within the unit, but we're going to do our part to make sure that they're in a great situation. And so, you know, if that includes an additional expense because we've got to exterminate, then that's what we do, right? If if somebody didn't pay their rent, but there is a, a maintenance item or work order out there, we're still going to fix that, especially if it's on us instead of on them. Uh, we, we just believe that that's the right thing to do
0: as an owner. Uh, that's terrific. Well, Jerome, you also, in addition to this investment side of your life, you've got some real inspiration and programs. You call them dream catchers, which I, th- I think is a wonderful name that you got to reach out and catch those dreams. How do you support people in realizing that part of their dreams?
1: Yeah, that's funny. Every time I hear somebody say the preeminent authority on dream realization, I I smile pretty deeply and proudly because I I think that's a real thing, right? I I think there has been a shift in focus from actually achieving things to just chasing them, right? And that's why we emphasize the catch part. I, I think you actually have to set the goal and then go do it. And if you don't go do it, then you need to figure out how to adjust so that you can actually finish so that you can actually catch. Uh, We, we do a couple of different things. We've got a podcast that we think is pretty amazing. Uh, You we've been fortunate enough to have you on as a guest and share your story. And the goal there is to give people the tools, tips and techniques that the guests have used in order to make their dream a reality. We want to give the world that social proof that it can happen. And then for the folks who want a deeper relationship with me, we we do some one-on-one work where we walk with people step by step on the journey to get their dream, whatever that is. You bring the what, we help you clarify the why, and then we put together the strategy, the how, and walk with you on that journey. We consider ourselves the tour guides instead of travel agents. We want to go on the journey with you. I think it gets pretty rough in the desert. Is what I call it. When you leave from the comfort of the plush jungle where there's fruit and shade and water of plenty and you go out into the desert where it's a little tough and just people get into the desert, they turn around and go back into the familiar instead of crossing all the way over and, and making their way into paradise. And I think that's where people should be. We think we've all been placed here to do a very special mission. And if we don't actually accomplish that, then we are robbing the people who are counting on us to do the thing that we were placed here to do. And I just want to help guide as many people as possible to make their dreams a reality so that the world becomes a better place.
0: Yeah. And I think you emphasize that this is not going to be all, you know, yellow brick road and fairies and uh, rainbows, that a journey to reach your dreams can can have difficulties along the way and how to fix this well absolutely it will (laughs) yeah yeah you can pretty much guarantee it yes
1: yeah i i don't shy away from that there's a lot of people who want your money and will tell you that it's going to be flawless and that there won't be any challenges and that you know if you trust me it'll happen exactly on the time that we agree to and for less than what we say it's going to cost and I've just never seen it happen. And I've done some pretty impressive things. I've helped other people do some pretty impressive things. And I'll tell you that the schedule and the budget were not accurate, regardless of how conservative we were. And so I want people to be prepared for that. I want people to have this mantra. I'm willing to do whatever it takes for however long it takes in order to make this a reality. And when you get to that place, then you're ready if you're bartering with the price of admission if you're struggling and wondering you know is the sacrifice worth it then you know you, you don't really want it you're not committed you're you're interested you know <laughs> you're you're flirting with it but when you're really committed you're you're willing to do whatever for however long and that's those are the people that actually make these amazing things happen everybody else is just kind of flirting with it
0: mhm well, and we were talking just before we came online that I spotted a, a video of you I, running up a hill in the rain and the cold and the wind, something to illustrate the very point you're making. D- tell us about that scene, yeah, so it
1: was it was crazy. it was I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday morning, and I was doing my six mile run I do most mornings, and I thought to myself, man, I guess I'm having a bad day, right, or what most people would consider to be a bad day. And so I'm jogging and I get a phone call from my relative. She said, oh, yeah, clothing's been pushed back to 11 days. I was like, oh, OK, well, I guess we just have to deal with that. Oh, and by the way, there's something wrong with the septic. I'm like, uh, oh, OK, well, what are we going to do to fix it? Blah, 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 blah. OK, great. Um, I woke up. It was 33 degrees. So just above freezing, but it snowed the night before. The great part was that the sidewalk wasn't frozen, though. So that was awesome. The wind chill was 26. And so I had two choices, right? I I could, you know, go back in the house and get back in the bed where it's nice and warm and snuggly, or I could go do the thing that I committed to doing. And for me, it's kind of the price of admission. It's it it gives me the right to come in and and serve the people that will be sitting across from me throughout the day, whether it's a podcast interview or people who are coaching clients or people who I'm teaching about real estate, whoever it is, I just want to do my part to be accountable to myself. One of those daily disciplines or habits and know that I can sit here with full integrity of knowing that I did something really difficult. And so if I ask you to do something challenging, I know that I took some of my own medicine and it's okay. I can do that without any hesitation.
0: I love that story because you're absolutely right. You know, the, the warm bed is the safe place for a little while, but then you realize, well, I missed this chance or I didn't push, you know, into the, the next stage of the dream. I guess that brings me to the question, Jerome, you know, what's next on your creative agenda? What, what are you looking forward to uh, for the rest of this year and beyond?
1: My goal is to really grab a person's soul and make it so that their dream begins to haunt them. They know that it's possible. They know that other people who look like them have done it. And that's period. We've got people from all walks of life, different ages, uh, different uh, ethnicities. And the goal is to eliminate excuses for everybody, right? There is no reason why you can't do it. Your situation isn't so unique. And it's just a great joy for me. Uh, it sounds wonderful. You can grab it on the website, MyersMethods.com. At the end of the day, my goal is always to get people to take action. I want you moving closer to the dream, whatever that may be. And the goal overall is that if we get enough people doing that, then the world, because all, all boats rise with mm-hmm. rising tide, right? The The world will grow better, faster with just amazing
0: people like you. Well, Jerome, what a terrific conversation. I've just really enjoyed talking with you so much. And I love your approach to business. I love your approach to dream realization in life. You got a good energy.
1: Yeah, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to share with you, Mark. And if I can never do anything for you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know.
0: Well, sounds good. Now remind us of that website again. It's MyersMethods.com. Oh, fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes as well so you can refer back to it. Well, friends, this has been Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And I guess as you've been hearing from Jerome Myers from Greensboro, North Carolina, creativity is something that we need to approach all our endeavors with. So, whether you're sitting on the stoop in college right now, trying to figure out how to make the, this month's rent, or if you're thinking about how to convert what you're doing into a multifamily investment and wealth building opportunity, all of that in between. Uh, requires a lot of creativity. And I love the methods, Jerome, that you're describing of how to not only make the connections, but to get the right people connected in all those disciplines from the finding and the funding and the fixing and the flipping. It's just a, a great way to think about it. So thanks again for being on the show, Jerome. Mark, you grabbed that those four Fs as quick as lightning, <laughs> man. Thank you so much. You know, I, I, awesome. those people who listen who know me, I've never met acronym or a four F model that I couldn't embrace. I just love them. So <laughs> thanks for sharing that one with us. All right, That's listeners, important. thanks for coming along. And come back again next time for our next episode. We'll talk to another expert somewhere around the world who'll give us ideas on how to energize our creative thinking, how to organize those ideas, and then how to make the connections and create the opportunities to get our creative work up and out into the world. I'm Mark Stenson. This is Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And we'll talk to you next time. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson, copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book.